From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 546. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. Hello, Brad. <laughs> Hello, Mike. How are you today? You were very abrupt. Like, hi, Brad. Hi, Brad. So I, I just I thought I would give it back to you. So, hi. How are you? Good. I like that you replicate my energy. You mirror mm-hmm. me, you know? I'm energized. I'm energized today, Good. Mike. Um, you know, carrying through some energy from Monday and Tuesday this week, you know, mm-hmm. trying to... You seemed very amped up in refill in your members' newsletter. Yeah, I, I, got I that. was. You were very amped up, so... Yeah, I like... Here's the thing. I like not taking myself too seriously, and that puts me in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I let that translate into like little silly asides and sentences. And I generally feel good about that when I mm-hmm. do that. It's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're just, you know, regular typing on the keyboard, Brad. And sometimes I want to make that keyboard sing a little bit, even if it only makes me smile. And if it makes me smile, the uh, the output is a little bit better. And uh, it, it's been a good, good smiling week so far, Mike. All right. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, because I, I'm actually, you know, um, processing some items on my checklist and my task list and getting things done. I actually went this Monday and booked three pen shows for the first part of 2023, as in booked the hotel, mm-hmm. paid for flights, bought show tickets, and made plans. So let's let's do it, Mike. So Are we going to do that thing now where on every episode mm-hmm. we talk about the pen shows you're going to, or is that going to be later on? I mean, because mm, we did that. On, do you guess. remember we did that for like it was like Orlando and one other. It's like every episode yeah. was like, don't forget. So we so we pre-gamed San Francisco very hard. That was the one. Yeah, <laughs> for like a month. Uh-huh. I was like, do you know? And do you know what I'm planning on doing? And do you know who I'm going to see? And look, guess what? I'm ready to pack, and I'm going to talk about that. And hey, I went to the show. Do you want to talk about that? And oh, we didn't get to this thing at the show, so let's talk about that. So it was like six weeks worth of San Francisco, mm-hmm. and right in to orlando in two more weeks of that so yeah i see what you're saying um probably (laughs) it's probably gonna happen again um starting with baltimore so at the beginning of march i have booked my hotel and flights and show tickets for march 10th 11th and 12th the baltimore washington international pin show i have been to the baltimore show before that was my last pre-covid show um before not going to show for a couple years two and a half years or so so it'll be good to get back. I enjoy that show. That, Mike, um, you have not been to Baltimore. And what I will tell you Baltimore is like, it's like a bigger and better Atlanta show, right? Okay. But not to the overwhelming level of like a DC or San Francisco. But if you took Atlanta and, you know, like if you personally, like if you said, what would you do a little bit different in Atlanta? And I, I talk about Atlanta this way because it's my home show for those who are just, um, you know, new listeners to the show. You know, you'd put Atlanta all in one big room, like all the vendors get one big room. And, oh, the hotel has, you know, a little bit more access. You know, it's closer to the airport and restaurants and things like that. And it has a really good, you know class vibe and a really good a little better evening vibe right that's baltimore so it's like atlanta plus and uh i'm looking forward to get back to there it's one of my favorite shows um on the calendar and i'm glad to be able to go to that speaking of atlanta that'll be the next show um like two weeks after Baltimore, maybe three weeks. So March 30th to April 2nd is the Atlanta pen show. I have booked my hotel room for that. That is a show I just have to drive to. Mm-hmm. So I'm always going to go to that and uh, I'll stay a couple nights at the hotel. I'm not going to drive like back and forth to home. It's a little too far for like a daily trip, but uh, you know, all of these shows I'm going to, I'm going to arrive Friday and leave Sunday. So that's a new thing for me. Um, we talked about me not working shows anymore, not having to work for a knock booth right now. I'm not working for any vendors, you know, maybe I'll mix that in later in the year. Um, I, you know, I definitely have some opportunities for that, but right now if I'm just going for me, and going to hang out at the show, I'm going to try to arrive the Friday afternoon, you know, early-ish to these shows and then leave, you know, late Sunday, late Sunday morning, right? And get home, right? That I feel good about that decision for me not to, what I would do in the past, like if I was working, I'd get in on Thursday night 
and then not leave till Monday morning, mm. right? So that just really extends the show. It extends your expenses, you know, all the things. So, but it was mostly because I had a lot more prep work to do. And then I was usually, you know, working the show till it ended on Sunday. Then I was just tired, didn't want to have to take, you know, like a late night flight Sunday. So I just go in the morning. So all my shows, I'm, at least right now, I'm planning on going Friday to Sunday. So mostly be there Friday night, Saturday night, then leave Sunday morning. So that's the plan. Okay. I wanted to get back to Chicago for a long time. So looking at the calendar this year, it works for me. So um, that is the uh, first weekend in May, May 4th through 7th. So I have booked my hotel and booked my flights for Chicago. So that has been maybe five years since I've been there. Hmm. I don't know. That's uh, It's been a while. I think I'm trying to remember when we did Field Note, the Field Notes event if I've actually been to a Chicago pin show since our field notes event, I must, I certainly have. That was a pretty long time ago that you and I did the, uh, Why the field did, notes interview. Did you go to the Chicago pin show during that thing? No. Cause it no, was, I was going to say, cause time I, of why year. would you have gone? But I didn't go. That yeah. was, a different, yeah. yeah, it was a different, cause time, I did yeah. a family vacation for the uh-huh. field notes thing. I took, uh, Mary Beth and the kids, uh, for that trip. We did a little extended, extended stay thing. Was that when we were doing the tour or no? It was a different time. That was a different time. That was a one-off. Right. You were, we planned it to where probably you were going to like Memphis or something like no, that. No, I was in Chicago for a conference. That's what it was. That's what yeah, it was. was so we, yeah, we uh, were release notes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that was a long time ago. So mm-hmm. I think I've been to the Chicago Penn Show since then, but I think literally it's probably been five years since I've been to Chicago. Chicago is along the lines of a Baltimore show. Really good, medium-sized show, bigger than Atlanta, you know, really like... It's not uh, it's not in the city of Chicago proper. Like it's like I'll land in O'Hare, then you got to go like 30, 40 minutes out of the city. Like that's a little bit of an, an annoyance, but technically the hotel is in a good location for people going to the show to where they're, you can walk out the door and get food and things like that. So like even though it's not in the city proper, which, you know, that helps keep the rates down. So um like i'm okay with that you know if i wanted to spend extra time in chicago i could book a couple extra days and just go stay in the city and Mm -hmm. and do stuff you know i'm not this time i'm just you know again friday to sunday so i'm excited about having a full travel schedule this year which for me usually entails like five to six shows if i start creeping up into like seven shows we're getting we're doing a lot of travel and you know that's that's about it um some of them will be flights some of them will be drives so you know i try to mix them up um there is a pin show this weekend like i couldn't make the philadelphia pin show that's this weekend you know looking at the calendar that just came up too soon right it's like i started thinking about this like a couple weeks ago i was like oh when's philly maybe if it's at the end of the month i could get there um and i looked and it's like oof it's like in 10 days from when i started looking at it and like the hotel was sold out and like other people are staying at like other hotels around um i prefer to stay at the show hotel it's just easier simpler i mean um especially if you can do it and especially where like you know, I was just like poking through while you were talking because you never really mm-hmm. know the locations. It's like mm-hmm. the Chicago Pen Show is like, it's one of those ones. It looks like where it's just so far away from. It's in the boonies. Downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Philly's the opposite. Philly is smack yeah. in down. Philly is an awesome location show. Cal- the one we're about to talk about, which I've not heard of mm-hmm. before. We'll talk about it. That yes. looks, that's pretty decent. It looks like too. I wanted to go to the California Pen I Show. I feel like I have never heard of the California Pen Show before. And that's why it's in the show notes. We should talk about this. In the past, there has been the LA Pen Show, right? right. That has historically okay. been a show. And it's historically been tough. Like, this is one of the shows where they only have a Sunday public day. So, but they start the show on Thursday. And it's just really strange, and the promoters historically been tough to deal with, and you know the event has you know had some ups and downs and weird hotels and weird spaces and things like that. Um, he, the previous show promoter, is not involved with this new California Pen Show, so the previous show promoter was unable to get a hotel for. Um, I guess the normal hotel. I don't know all the details. Right. So that had an opportunity for a new promoter to come in, find a new space, um, work with new people, and launch this California pin show. 
um, which it's still in Los Angeles, right? It's just not called the Los Angeles Pin Show. So this is around the same time of year. The LA Pin Show has historically been in February. And I've been to the LA Pin Show twice at least, maybe three times. I'd have to think about it. It's I, I've always liked going to LA. It's a good crowd. It's just a weird show, and it's kind of like problematic from a retail perspective to only have the public one day. Well, this California pin show was, was designed to make it into a more traditional pin show experience from what you and I would experience and what listeners of the show would experience to where, Hey, you know, we can have, you know, vendors can get in Thursday night and Friday, you know, people can start, you know, the public can start going and you have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show that's, you know, pretty much open to everybody, right? You don't have to buy a weekend pass to, to show up on Saturday afternoon, right? You can just buy a Saturday ticket, which in the past you couldn't do for LA. You had to buy the whole weekend if you just wanted to go on Saturday afternoon. It was problematic. So the California Pin Show, it looks good. I, I really wanted to go to this. I have a conflict that weekend. Um, otherwise, I would have been booking tickets for this. It's like, a month away. And, um, I, I, you know, my, my friend Mario Campa is running the show and, um, you know, as part of a group and like, he's been emailing me, you know, and talking, I've talked to him on the phone and like, he's going to do it, it right take I, to get Brad Dowdy to appear. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we're like, what's it going to take? I mean, Brad? You know? that was literally Mario's sentence. <laughs> like he knows. And I told him I would come if I could. And uh, I check my schedule, and I can't. So maybe next year, I will plan on the California pen show. We'll I would see, put so. this one on 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 the list of future pen shows. Basically, as well, just through a bunch of scheduling and things, at least for the first half of this year. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to go to any of these. Um, mm-hmm. There's just like a bunch of stuff with the house, other potential yeah. travel this year that I don't know yet, and need to try and budget for. And we have some exciting family events going on in the Hurley family. Like my brother and his wife are going to be having a baby in the spring. And so nice, nice. I know that it's like, I would love to go to Chicago, but it's basically that time. And yeah, you got to prioritize, but yeah. So that's also to say is I'm not going to be coming out to Atlanta this year. It's still something. All right, let me be, I'm just going to be real with everyone about why I'm not doing this. Yeah. Because me and you have spoken about it. So yes, we have. People want to know anyway. So so the Atlanta Pen Show has obviously been like our big thing. And we'd actually, I think, made reference to the fact that we would like to do it and come back again, right? But mm-hmm. here's the situation as I see it. Um, the show is different now that Brad isn't exhibiting. So if I come down, I don't have as much to do, right? Like mm-hmm. I can go and look around the show or whatever, but that's that's like a one-day thing and i've kind of seen all i would need to see by and large right mm-hmm. um and so then the rest of the time i would want to be there the whole time and there's just you know we're not mm-hmm. going to have as much to do i'm not going to come in for just friday and saturday it's like so much to to like travel for that and then if i'm going to be if the two of us are going to be at the atlanta pen show together we would naturally be recording a live episode of the show. It's kind of the whole point now. Mm-hmm. The problem I see is the space that we have is a unventilated <laughs> hotel ballroom. Now, mm-hmm. I do figure at some point we will get back to doing that. My issue is for the first live show that Relay FM has put on, since 2019, I'm not sure that's the right first step. <laughs> so, like, we would maybe want a bigger space where it just doesn't feel so enclosed. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, like, one has more chance of exposing people to coronavirus than the other. It's mm-hmm. more for me of, like, how it would feel for that to be the first live show. Now, of course, I would love the pen addict to have the first live show because it was, right? Right. Like all of the first live shows you've ever done with the pen addict. But the problem is I just don't know if that particular setup at the Atlanta pen show works. Like so like when we did San Francisco, way bigger room. Mm-hmm. Like the thing with the Atlanta pen show, we finished those shows and we're just like sweating. It's like so hot in that room. <laughs> yeah. Right? Which just proves yeah. the lack of ventilation that's going on in there. Not a knock against anyone. We pack it out, right? We go to yeah, like yeah, yeah. fire marshal limits every time. Uh, right. I just don't think this is the right setup for the first live show. So we're going to skip out on this one this year. Yeah. So like, it's just not the right time or place. And yeah. Mike and I are in a hundred percent agreement on this. 
Um, you know, we hope to get back to the Atlanta pen show, doing live shows, doing other events, doing things like that. Um, so what are we going to do, Mike? Are we going to do something where we can get together, go to a show or have some other ideas? And hopefully we think we have a really solid idea for 2023. Um, it involves me traveling instead mm-hmm. of Mike, uh, specifically, but we're not ready to like announce anything yet, but we have a, a, we have a general idea of what we'd like to do for 2023 because we, we want to do something. We enjoy getting together mm-hmm. and doing pen stuff um, and, you know, having stuff for the podcast and sharing stuff with and you know, I our do followers hope and listeners. That maybe in the, the latter months of 2023, that I will be able to travel and we'll go to a pen show together. Like, I don't know yeah. which one that would be, or, or but I would really like to do it. Um, but I just, I can't commit to it yet. You know what? You should go to Orlando one year so you can go to Disney World. Well, I do want to go to Orlando one year. <laughs> see, see, the problem for, see, September. I would do this. That's a oh, terrible September. time for me. Oh, terrible can, to, Could not be a worse, worse time, right? Uh, yeah, there's two times that are terrible, and it's usually WWDC time and... Uh, I mean, September's any, all, all just September. the worst, right? Because, like, in yeah. June, I, it's just that one week that's the problem. But for September, not only is it iPhone, it's it's podcast-a-thon now, right? So it's just, like, right. that's, September is the very it's like worst the, possible month. Yeah, it's not even, like, a weekend. It's, like, literally the month. The entire month. <laughs> uh, you know, if, so. if the Orlando Pen Show would, wouldn't mind moving their show to either August or October, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> work on that. Just a personal, we'll I'm just man, trying to manifest, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm yeah. just putting that out there. So, you know, maybe in 2024, just on the short list, like Baltimore, Chicago, and LA, aka the California Pin Show, I think those three should be on our list. Baltimore is always tough because it's early, right? Mm-hmm. It's early in the year. We tend to like to go later in the year. Chicago, May, California is in February, which is also tough. So, I don't know. This is all stuff we can talk. We're now, I mean, we're the now LA just having a going to be high on my list because I love LA. So, right. It's an, it's an excuse to go to LA. Yep. Yep. So. All right, I think that's that's where we're at for pen show travel. I have shows booked. Um, Mike and I's plans to get together are up in the air. We're gonna try to do something together this year, though, and then maybe next year we'll get back to a pen show or two, or maybe late in the year, whatever happens. So, um, that's that's the plans because I know, I know people have been asking now that um, pen show season's kicking off this weekend in Philadelphia here in the U.S. So it'll it'll be fun. Uh, I think Kimberly's gonna be in Philadelphia. So we should have a write up, uh, on penaddict.com, uh, coming up late next week, maybe. Uh, so yeah, I feel he's a fun show and I, I can't wait to see uh, how it goes this year. What do you do at pen shows? Mike, you buy pens mm-hmm. and that has been, uh, I'm still recovering from San Francisco and Orlando 2022 of all the things I bought. So I haven't really bought any pens for myself. Uh, since the Orlando Pen Show, I I was joking with um, on Twitch, and I probably said it here on the podcast that I still have a couple of pens that I bought in Orlando that have not inked up yet. That's just how it's gone. Um, but I did make my first purchase of the year. I was peer pressured, <laughs> you know me. It, so it takes a, a real twist of Brad's oh, arm yeah. to, for mm-hmm. him to buy a pen, right? Oh, Brad, mm-hmm. you should buy this. Okay, um, and that's how that's how it was with the Jinhao X one fifty nine. So. If you're familiar with Jin Hao, they make low-cost fountain pens. A lot of them are very similar in in style and design to popular pens. Um, you know, they're not necessarily coming up with original um, exterior shapes. Uh, Mike even has a comment we'll, we will talk about here momentarily. Um, but yeah, like Jin Hao is an entry-level pen maker and I've known of them for years. They've been around for, for years. They actually make the shark pen, Mike, that is very, very popular um, as mm-hmm. like a 2 or $3 pen that people will buy to either test inks. You know, if they want to ink up 10 pens with 10 different inks at a time, that the Jin Hao shark pen is a great idea. If people want to practice their nib maintenance and work on nibs, well, that's 2 or $3 is a good way to get a bunch of nibs in to mess around with. So they've, they've been around a while. People like um, Jin Hao. Uh, for those reasons, for their for their low cost, low cost pens. So, why did I buy the X one fifty nine? Great name, right? No, it's it's not. Memorable. It's X one fifty nine. I have to keep looking it up. But what made me 
make a purchase of this was that this model comes with a number eight size nib, Mike. So that is bigger than like your number five nib that you get in a Kaveco Sport or a Lilliput, something like that. It's bigger than your number six nib that you get in like the Kaveco Student or your most of your Franklin Kristoff pens or, you know, any of your maker pens. Like number six is kind of like a standard size nib. That's what you have a lot of and I have a lot of. Number eight, you can imagine it's a little bit bigger. And I'm generally not a big nib fan. There's exceptions, right? Sailor King of Pen is a great example of that. They have to be done correctly in conjunction with the size of the pin barrel. Because when you have a number eight nib, everything is larger, right? The feed's larger. The housing's larger, so that makes the barrel diameter larger. And I'm t generally not a wide diameter barrel person. And... This pen has become popular because it was a cheap way to try out a number eight, eight size nib. And in particular, this one comes in extra fine, which is a weird combination, I think. You know, the bigger the nib, generally like the wider the tip size you like, it generally works that way. But is the I extra, want extra fine, fine relative? Like, no. So it's, it's a regular extra fine, generally but just a huge nib accurate to like say a number six experience mm -hmm. or a number five experience yes so like the end result is consistent with what i would expect from like a western extra fine nib like a twisby extra fine nib it matches that line width um no matter the size so yeah the size is not relative to the broader size and it's great like this okay. it writes really really well I don't love the barrel. It feels cheap, right? But I paid $12 for this pen. So right? it is. That's, that's the other thing. It's literally cheap. It doesn't feel like hot garbage or something. Like, it's completely fine. Like, it, this is a good entry-level pen. Now, like, it's hard for me to recommend it because you generally, you know, you're buying it from Amazon or, you know, AliExpress or you're somewhere where you're not going to get support, right? Like um, Goulet Pens does stock them, which kind of says a lot to me, right? This one particular model, <laughs> they stock. Um, but, you know, it's it's cheaper if you shop around. You can actually get them in like this under $10 at certain times and places. Like it's not an expensive pen, but I thought it was fun to play around with. I enjoy it. It's never going to make any like pen list of mine, you know, any top five or top 10 anything. But for... The price I paid, which I think I said I paid twelve fifty, and it comes in a bunch of different colors. Like, what did you think when you saw my orange barrel? Well, you posted it on Instagram a few days ago, mm -hmm. and I just mm -hmm. naturally, before reading the description, thought it was a nineteen eleven. Yeah, so that's it's actually closer to King of Pin size in the barrel. Okay. Um, like if you had a nineteen eleven King of Pin Royal Tangerine King of Pin, it's that size. It's much lighter, like it's a thinner plastic barrel, you know, more lightweight. It doesn't have all the internal hardwares that, you know, the King of Pin has. You can't, comp they, you can't compare the two other than general size. Um, but yeah, it's a big pen and it comes in a bunch of colors and yeah, it's fine. Like I, I like it. I'm glad I bought it. It's something to mess around with. I don't need another one. Like I'm good. Right. Like number eight nibs. Like I've confirmed that it's fine. It's just not for me. I don't want all my pens this size, right? The generally the smaller, the better, the narrower, the grip section, the better. Um, and, um, uh, it's pretty good though. I, I would, if you asked me, Brad, would you recommend this pen? And I, I would say yes. Right. It's just I'm never going to tell anyone for it to be their first pen. Right. I, I want a little more safety with that. Right. Like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do a proper review of mine, but like the tine is cut crooked on mine. Right. It, it just is. And that happens with Yovo nibs, too. This is not a general specific thing. Um, you know, I've had expensive gold nib pens where the, the slit in the tine has been cut crooked. Right. So mm -hmm. it's not specific to that, but like, I'm not just going to blindly recommend this to like the, someone's very first fountain pen, but for someone who kind of knows their way around fountain pens, I, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend this pen. It's, it's shockingly good for 12 bucks. I mean, so the, it's $12, right? Like it's $12. It's 12 bucks, like right. even if you're just mildly curious a lot it's, of people will just buy it to remove the nib and put it into other things. So like it, really, it, it kind of matches like a Bach fitting. Like $11 for the nib. Exactly. Okay. That's, yes, that's a completely fair way to put it, which we do a lot, you know, in, in this, in this business, in this hobby. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times you pay, you, you overpay for like the singular piece and then that being the nib. And then sometimes the barrels are afterthoughts. And then sometimes the barrels are the upgrade piece, you know, compared to the nib. So, yeah.
it's all a balance. But yeah, you're paying for this number eight nib. You're paying about 12 bucks for the nib and I would recommend it. So like, I think it's a pretty positive experience. So I, I, I had, I definitely had low expectations and those expectations were exceeded. I think that's probably the best way to put it. This episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They sell all of the products that you're looking for at the prices that you want. They have fast and reliable customer service. They have fountain pens and ballpoints, mechanical pencils, rollerballs. They have inks and converters and every kind of accessory under the sun. They're adding new styles of pens every month, and they're also doing discounts twice a, uh, twice a month. You'll be able to find special discounts, closeout specials. You've always got to keep your eye on Pen Chalet because you're never quite sure what you're going to find. Like, what new thing have the Pen Chalet team been adding on there? What incredible prices do they have? It's why you got to keep going back, and it's why we tell you about Pen Chalet every couple of weeks because of, well, for the incredible deals that they give just for Pen Addict listeners. If you go to penchalet.com, that's P E N C H A L E T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website and use the password Pen Addict, you will find a list of special offers just for Pen Addict listeners and get a code that you need to save 10% on anything else over at Pen Chalet. Pen Chalet have free shipping on orders of over $75 in the US and they sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. Pen Chalet has low prices on high quality pens and offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Brad, what have you uh, what have you come across what have you stumbled on so yeah far? I have high expectations for Penn Chalet and Ron delivered this week number one is the Estabrook triple nook pen carrying case these Great are case. a hard sided boxy slide case mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with this I implore you to go look at this and the price is really really good on what this case is how it's made what it offers i adore these cases this is a steel on uh the navy model uh case which has a it's got good like alternate red stitching red and in, red internal uh lining it's an awesome case one of my favorite products a product i recommend a lot and then if you scroll down mike there is a really really interesting and i'm saying this to myself brad look at this pen it's the visconti rembrandt ecologic fountain pen now i'm not totally familiar with the ecologic model of the viscontis the rembrandts have traditionally been you know like painting related to the very wild um interesting um you know acrylic swirlies these are more basic in like a black and a red barrel but the price point uh for these is is much less than like what the standard rembrandt goes for like a hundred dollars less and that's a pretty darn good price for these Visconti Rembrandts that um, are very, very popular as the entry-level Visconti pen. And uh, like, I definitely recommend those. So those look fantastic. And then if you scroll down, there's just there's just a million more things down here. Uh, I can't even get to the to everything on this list, but um, those two stand out to me. Ooh, there's the Y Studio resin fountain pen, one of my favorites. So yeah, very go check out too. everything. Yep. Yeah, go check out everything over at penchalet.com. This is a wonderful, wonderful uh, list of uh, items on our page today. That's penchalet.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict. Our thanks to Penchalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. So yeah, I'm I'm still scrolling because this mm-hmm. page does not end. The Visconti Woodstock. I've never seen this pen before, but it looks like an acrylic barrel um gold nib Visconti that's at a price point that's that's that only Ron can pull off. So yeah. Yeah, definitely go uh definitely go browse around. This is a very, very extensive uh section this week over at Penchalet. So thank you, Ron. All right. So you put a link in the chance <laughs> that I looked at today that I clicked it and it took me to an Instagram post from Pentel. And it's a picture of what looks like a box of mechanical pencil <laughs> refills like LEDs. And just a wall of Japanese text. Can I tell you that this is the single most exciting link in the show notes today for me? This is why I am the way that I am, Mike. So this is the Pentel official Instagram. The Pentel official Instagram has 94,000 followers um, on their page. This graphite <laughs> the pentel ein which is their premium graphite for their mechanical pencils already has over 3000 likes on this <laughs> on this um this image and it, it's not just an image they put up a 10 image slideshow of a graphite update for mechanical pencils and people are going giddy including myself for let me tell you do you want to know why mike i would love to know why 
absolutely no reason Okey other dokey. than we love stationery. <laughs> <laughs> Are these in colors? They do make color ones. I, I don't recommend the, the color ones, but they... Um, they have this slide open case, which, you know, they're like marketing that a little bit. And they said they did upgrade the, 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 the graphite stick formula to be just kind of completely in the middle, like a very universal, you know, completely in the middle as far as smoothness, breakage, stability, color, all of that. So you know, they they spend a lot of time on the little slide open graphic, right? If you go through this and, you know, they say, you know, it's going to last a little bit longer. If you read the product descriptions, you know, they're just talking about, hey, this is, we've upgraded the, um, you know, the graphite to be like very stable, very good. But this is their mainline premium graphite. It has, boy, can I do this math? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 28 sizes and lead grades of a single graphite. That Pentel does this for a single mechanical pencil um, graphite product. This fascinates me. Like, I just stared at this, read all the translations. I'm glad I, you can do uh, translations in Instagram. Um, you know, and I I just wanted to put this link in here. If you want to know why I like stationery, all you have to do is go look at this Instagram post and just smile at, like, what is taking place and here. Some, and there's the, some of these images, Brad. I just cannot fathom what they're <laughs> referencing. There's one where it's like... There's these pieces of the the like, molecular one, yeah, and like some is red in between, some's green in yeah. between, and the red one yeah. sparkles. It's like, right. what does that mean? Right. I assume it's, it's like a stronger. brand X kind of thing, but yeah, it's a stronger graphite, Mike. That's what I'm assuming this picture is. The it's molecularly stronger oh. uh, on the on the inside in the graphite. So yeah, like if you want to know why I like stationery so much, this one Instagram post encompasses all of it so it, it's fantastic i wanted to put this in the show notes so now guess what i'm gonna have to go buy some of this <laughs> like i've used the the ain lead uh, previously pentel makes the best um mechanical pencil graphite in the ones that i've tested like i've done i haven't done like completely extensive tests but i've tested you know maybe 10 or 15 different graphites pentel stock graphite just not even this the ein uh i don't even know if i'm the correct correct pronunciation mm -hmm. ein um is the premium even their pentel's base graphite is better than most companies premium graphite so yeah. i i have high hopes for this one and I, I have some of the the regular sticks of this one but uh i am all in on whatever pentel is selling me as far as uh mechanical pencil uh graphite goes so yeah this is this is beautiful this is beautiful highlight of my week mike hmm. <laughs> I Brad, I'm gonna say I don't get it, man. I don't, I I don't know, understand I this one, but I'm I'm not gonna. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. Hey, at least three thousand one hundred and seventy something other people, you know, are 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 down with my sickness. So and that yeah. I'm happy about. <laughs> so while that made me like super happy, this one caught me off guard in a very strange way. So one of the things I do. Um, uh, frequently is look at new arrivals on jet pins and i was like oh here's this new pilot friction that it's 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 a crazy ridiculous name pilot friction ball knock zone retractable gel pin okay like okay like uh, enough pilot like three words uh, there's a lot there's a lot going on there it's the ball knock zone there. pilot friction ball knock zone yeah i am very concerned with the ball knock zone so it's 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 a premium kind of friction like it's a seven dollar friction right it's a little businessy little fancier oh, they than do a 41 dollar one that's what we're getting at i All had right, the I'm same sorry. reaction <laughs> this is this is the point so I started clicking. I was like, I need to update my friction thoughts, right? Because it has become really insanely popular in Japan, right? We talk about it with Hobonichi. Hobonichi making paper yeah. to work the best with the friction. More than fountain pens, more than anything. They Just want as to a reminder, well the, friction. the friction is a gel ink, right? Where yes. it can be erased. Yes. It's, kind of. Uh, what's, it, what's it called? Thermosensitive ink. Yeah. So 
It's basically a heat eraser. This and, was the uh, one it will where come back in the company made a notebook, which they said yeah. to put in the microwave and it would erase yeah. your notes, but would only yep. let you use the pile of friction. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I have lots of thoughts on that, as you could imagine. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, well, I need to pick up some new frictions and get some new thoughts because they did improve the ink. Uh, so they're doing the, the ink color saturation is supposedly 30% greater now, right? So that's always been a knock on the friction pun intended, to where if you had a black gel ink friction and you just put it up against a black gel ink uh, G2, like the black gel ink 2 is so much darker, right? The ink is just much darker. So the friction is working on that. So I was like, okay, let me pick up a couple. And I started, what happened was, so I clicked on one of these $7 ones and I started scrolling through and I was like, why did this pen all of a sudden go to $41? And I was like taken aback and I was like, what is going on here? It's like, okay, I see the swirly grip. What they did is took like some of the acrylics that they've used recently. Like these acrylics look very familiar. They took some of these acrylic spare parts, like from some of the Pilot custom fountain pens that we've seen and made resin grips (laughs) for the friction. And I absolutely ordered one of them. This is obscenely ridiculous. And I'm in like, it's, it's dumb. Like I don't like when I saw this, I was like $41. What is happening? Well, they took these same materials, like the blue swirl, the green swirl, the gray swirl, the red swirl, these swirls. If you're familiar with pilots fountain pen lineup, these looked exceedingly familiar <laughs> and they should be. Why didn't they these just are, do the whole pen, man. It's essentially off the chopping block. Right. And then you go down even mm-hmm. further and they do something that they have traditionally done is have the wood grips. Did you even make it that far? Yeah, yeah. So they have the wood grips, which that's a classic pilot thing. They've done that for decades, right? Have a pin barrel style and then they'll have like the wood barrel, wood grip section style, right? I have a bunch of old pins that way. They've been doing that for a long time. That's to be expected. But then they drop these uh, acrylic parts on there. I, I totally ordered one to see what this is about. It's ridiculous. So I wanted to point that out because I had the same exact reaction to you. I'm clicking through, looking at the colors, looking at the colors. Why did the price change to $41? Oh, my God. It's in a like a fountain pen acrylic grip section. So It just really um, bugs me that they only did the grip section. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> it's super strange. So I'm in. There, I... If you look even closer on this mic, so what um, Pilot has done, and this is another reason I ordered it, and I ordered some of the $7 models too. They're doing something different in their design, and they're putting a clutch in the tip of these pens, and I'm going to have some real uh, thoughts about this design when I get it. I want to see how it works. Um so they're marketing it as, you know, to prevent like tip rattle, which we talk about is like a big detractor. Pilots never had traditionally not had a problem with that. But I saw this close up of the 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 nose cone and the refill. I was like, what is this sticking out of here? And then I looked at the the marketing and there is a an actual clutch mechanism to tighten the grip on the tip. And like that's fine. I just we'll see. We'll see. I like it seems like an overkill mm. situation. Um, but it, it's just kind of randomly popped up as like, not only are they doing these weird grip sections, they added a clutch mechanism into this model. So we'll, we'll see what it looks like. So I'll, uh, I am very anxious to get these. I have ordered them, so I'll have them next week or so. So I'll be talking about them soon. One thing I did talk about recently, Mike, was my love for ink cartridges. I feel like we had, we, we need to have the talk. It's like the ink cartridges are like the talk you need to have with like fountain pen friends because traditionally cartridges are thought of for beginners, right? They ship with your pen. The first time you get the pen, you know, you pop in an ink cartridge. They're very easy to use. They're portable. There's lots of positive things about ink cartridges. I love ink cartridges, but in moderation, right? I don't want a million little plastic ink cartridges littering my desk or littering my storage area. They generally, um, over the past few years, they've started to have more variety, like Diamine is making you know a wide range of colors for them. But the key with cartridges is you just, you don't want to go overboard. I mean, that's for anything. I mean, that's common sense on anything. But cartridges are a poor value, right? They're poor cost per milliliter ink value. That's why people buy ink bottles. If they write a lot with fountain pens, they're filling them up from ink bottles because it's more cost effective 
um, you know, it's, it's more uh, environmentally uh, effective, right? Not a lot of as much plastic waste. Um, and then you have something like the pilot Orochizuku in cartridge, which kind of blows every other ink cartridge that has come before of it out of the water in every aspect. Number one, it's a amazing ink, right? The Orochizuku lineup is at the top of everyone's like favorite ink lists. It's also obscenely priced. Like a six cartridge pack of a Roshizuku ink cartridges is twelve fifty. And that accounts for what did I say? Four point eight milliliters of ink. Four point eight milliliters of ink for twelve fifty. You can get fifty milliliters milliliters of ink in a bottle for twenty five dollars, right? <sighs> Like, <laughs> it's bad. It's that bad. is egregious. <laughs> it is egregious. That's the that correct word. That is so bad. <laughs> it's it's like two fifty a milliliter. Someone sitting there just rubbing their hands at Pilot Corporate, right? Yeah, Jeez. yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like if you took, yeah, it's it's really really bad math. But <laughs> it's I like really the like cartridge these. tax or something. You know, it's a huge. It's a huge premium. Um, Unbelievable. Um, but I'm I'm good with the one box that I have, right? There's a specific color I wanted for a specific pen, and I don't mind using cartridges. So like I bought the one box and I'm very happy with it, but like under no circumstances do I need more of these. And that's the point I wanted to kind of get across with cartridges. There's a lot of great reasons to use cartridges, right? They're portable. Again, like I said, that they're just easy to use. Now you can get some fun colors, but, um, yeah, a lot of times, and I've done this in the past and I'll do it in the future. You know, if you have a cartridge, you can refill it with a syringe from an ink bottle, right? If you want to continue to use a cartridge, because a lot of times a cartridge will have more ink capacity, say, let's take pilot. For example, some of their converters are half the capacity of these ink cartridges, right? So you can reuse cartridges by filling them with ink. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So this was a good like conversational uh, review. Um, not necessarily reviewing the ink per se, but more just having hey, let's talk about ink cartridges and like why they're good. Right? There's a lot of positives, but boy, it is these are the most outrageously priced. One of the most outrageously priced products I've seen. And um, it's it's a little bit ridiculous. So I'm good with my one ink. I, I will use all of these ink cartridges. I don't know if I would buy another pack of them. Um, you know, I might just go back to refilling it from the bottle because I have a bottle of this ink as well. So, uh, yeah, but uh, a one-time purchase, cool. But, like, I don't need all the colors of this, uh, nor should anyone for that price. So there you go. Man, that's, that math is just wild. <laughs> but I, I understand where you're coming from, right? And that's yeah. probably something that they're betting on. Uh, it allows yeah. for people to be more flexible. It's easier, um, but and I, like I have no doubt that it costs more to do the packaging. One hundred percent, but not this much, surely. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. All right, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. With Squarespace, you'll be able to stand out with a beautiful website, engage directly with your audience on your terms, and sell anything, your products, services, and even the content that you create because Squarespace has got you covered. It is so easy to get started on Squarespace. You just choose from their beautiful portfolio, their like gallery of wonderful templates. You just complete, pick the one that you want that best suits the type of website that you're looking for or your business. It's very easy to like separate them out like that, but you can choose any and you can customize it to fit your needs. You can change the colors, you can change the layout, you can change the fonts, you can change the sizing of elements. And this is all done just in the web browser or you can also do it in their app too. And it's very easy to do. It's what we... I don't know, you know if they mention it this way so, more, so much anymore, but it used to be the way we'd talk about it, which is WYSIWYG, which mm-hmm. is a style of like design, which what you see is what you get. So you actually, the way that you design it, you're designing it live, and that is how it's going to look. If you drag, you can just click on an element and drag it, and it will move. It's fantastic, and it is, for me, the way I always want to build websites, since how I have built websites for over a decade now, because I've been a 
you know, I am all in on Squarespace and it always have been. And they continue to expand their offerings over time, which is awesome. You know, we mentioned the store. You can sell physical or digital goods. They've got all of that. If you want to send out emails, you can do all of that because they have an email campaign system. You can encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and then you can start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers, loyal readers. You just start again with an email template. You customize it to, to suit the way that you want it to look. Then you're able to send everything out and you get built-in analytics as well to measure how they're being uh, received by your audience. Squarespace is the best around. Go and check it out for yourself. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict. You'll save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict and then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get 10% of your first purchase to show your support for this show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of the Pan Addict and Relay FM. So last week in our outro, <laughs> we're not we're, we're not ready to outro yet. No. Um, you you quickly stumbled over oh, uh, some I'm, changes. Uh, I'm, I, every <laughs> show that I'm trying to finish right now is just a nightmare for me. So I said at the time, I said, okay, let's this week let's at least put a link in the show notes and and talk about some of our our changes. Well, I'll I'll talk about my changes. I don't know what your changes are, um, because. You know, a lot of times we'll lead with like, hey, what's the Twitter address? And like, I'm still on Twitter. I'm using it very less frequently than I used to. Um, I'm still answering messages and, and DMs and things like that. And I have a couple lists over there that have not translated to new services that I'm using, which I'll talk about momentarily. But like, I, I'm not deleting my Twitter account or anything like that. I'm I'm hopeful in a, in a year or two the the you know the 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 funkiness that's happening now will will go away. Um, but that's been a good way for us to get feedback in the past. So we have a new feedback form, which we'll, we'll talk about momentarily. So I wanted to put in a link to my current social medias um, that I'm using and, and talk about like the frequency of things. More importantly, since I'm using Twitter less, I will see your message if you add me, but I'm usually not putting like fresh content on Twitter as much, but I'll, I'll, I'll reply and, and do things like that. Um, I'm using micro micro blog a lot, which has been a past subscriber, uh, uh, excuse me, a past sponsor of us, but I Just, was, so, you know, they're also like, they are sponsoring next week's episode of the pen. Oh, you didn't know dang. this, but I'm just telling no, you just like, so that is a thing. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's that's good information. I was an original Kickstarter backer of Micro.blog, uh -huh. so that that tells you all what I think about the service. I have been leaning into that, so I've created a a page um, where I'm where I'm listing uh, all these things that I'm about to tell you about. It's called Pinatic.omg.lol, which Michael talk about in a minute as well. I think. Um, it, it lists all my social media sites. That's the way quickest way. But I'm most active on micro.blog and Mastodon. So I have uh, spent some time to get into the Mastodon ecosystem. I have found it very useful, very functional for what I need from my social media. Now, I'm not someone who like looks at Twitter or any other social media thing as a marketing tool. Right. If, if I did, I would have different answers for this. I would probably still be like hardcore on Twitter and, you know, doing other things. I just don't use social media for marketing much. Right. I use it for learning and for fun and for, you know, uh, taking a break and just seeing interesting things and, you know, um, you know, thinking about things differently and learning from different people and, you know, being silly, right? All those types of things. I don't use it for marketing. So, um, Mastodon, I've been using a lot, and Micro.blog. So you will so see me a lot on those services. Using Mastodon, you're using Mastodon via Micro.blog. Um, both. So I will. I have my Micro.blog link to my Mastodon. So I, that's why I'm kind of Micro.blog is my home, right. right? Because I can just post there. It'll cross post over to Mastodon, but then I will post separately on Mastodon sometimes just to like reply to people. Um, Mastodon has a really good way of being able to follow hashtags and you can just follow like a uh like a fountain pen hashtag on mastodon and you can follow people who use this hashtag without necessarily following them and it's been like very useful to go look on mastodon and see all these feeds in my posts like about fountain pens so what i get from twitter was like i follow a lot of japanese sites and get a lot of new stuff right like i'm not getting sailor.co.jp over on Mastodon, right? So like I'm still use and if I have a use for Twitter in that aspect, but I just want to give them as as little attention as possible. You know, I've definitely cut back on that. 
Um, so yeah, those are my main things. I'm obviously still, you know, streaming on Twitch and have my Instagram account, which, you know, I post, you know, fun stuff on and, and things like that. So yeah, all that stuff's good, but that's, this is the long way of saying, uh, I have a link called penaddict.omg.lol that has all of these things on it and you should go check them out. But, um, you'll finally find me mostly on micro.blog and Mastodon. Um, but I'm still hanging out on Twitter, making sure I don't miss any messages, things like that. So yeah, omg.lol is a thing you told me about and it's, mm-hmm. You can use it to do a kind of link tree kind of thing, which is exactly that. That's fine. But there was another thing that it does that I was really in, like. I thought was really cool. Are you still using the status part of it? Absolutely. So, so what, how do you get to that again? See, that's the only thing is they their URLs yeah. are a bit complicated. But the tools are. are you can actually set up the URLs the way that you want them to as well. You can create redirects. It's this service. It's like twenty dollars. It's like a bunch of interesting things. Like you can create these web pages, or you can. The, the, yeah, it's just I would recommend checking it out just because it's like a fun little weird thing, and like yeah. for twenty bucks or whatever, I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. Like, and I, I've only like poked around of it. I ex- I mm-hmm. want to do a little bit more, but I'm just I'm not sure what I would use it for. Like, I like the status thing that you set up, but like it, it being real to myself, I don't know if I would keep it up to date. Like, so uh, right, yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah, so I have an item every Monday, like in Todoist. I'm back on Todoist, which that's probably a whole segment we could talk about, to update my status page, and that's pinaddict.status.lol. So this is, again, what Mike's saying. There's lots of different services um, you can use all with this this one account, and uh, you just go to this, and it lists all my live schedule updates. And like if I have to make a change, I can post this on there. And I, I update this. There's a link at the top of pinaddict.com called status. Right, and you just go to that, and you look at live schedule week of one nine, you know, and it has my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday live schedule stuff. So I like to have that written out there. So yeah, this OMG LOL, like there's like a lot of people use like there's a whole built in paste bin feature, like for like people who like code and want to like share like data and text and things like that. It's wild how much you can do for (laughs) so little price. And they they are not sponsoring us, but like, I really love this service. It's been super useful. So, um, all that's to say that's, I'm still very active on social media. It's one of the things I enjoy the most, um, is talking with the community and talking with friends online and, you know, either just being silly, having fun or sharing information. And I find all this stuff very valuable. So that's kind of my, my one place that I'm going to have anything where I'm active on social media will be linked on that page. On top of that, Mike mentioned last week, we have penaticfeedback.com. So previously, um, and as Mike was alluding to, a lot of people are using Twitter less, and we have a, an AskTPA hashtag that will auto-scrape into a spreadsheet for your, you to ask us questions to answer on the show. And we wanted to give people an opportunity to give us direct feedback, where you can use AskTPA still, um, and people have been able to e- email me directly, hello at pinac.com, which is completely fine. You can still use yep. that. But we now have a direct web page where you can go for feedback. And it's either just general feedback. Hey, you're terrible. You're, you know, you, you know, ink cartridges are the best thing in the world. What is wrong with you? You know, you can send that to us at pinaticfeedback.com. Uh, you can tell us how, how great we are as well. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate those uh, feedbacks. I, I, I print those out, Mike, and, and read them before bed every night. And uh, you can also go give us your uh, Ask TPA questions in there. That's where your questions should go. Hey, I'm having a trouble with this. Or, hey, I need to find this. So yep. that's a great place to do that. Mike and I are actively reading that information. And uh, it's, it's been great so far from what I've seen. Yeah, so this is also uh, either the first or second link in your show notes as well. And mm-hmm. this is just on the Relay FM website. Like, that's what's going on here is we've created a page on our website for shows that want to receive feedback this way. Uh, and it just goes into our CMS system and we can go through and look through the stuff. This is like a 1.0. We have a bunch of features that we want to add. Like, so in the future, you would be able to say like this is follow up, this is feedback, or this is an mm. STPA. Like so, if you want to, you'll be able to choose like as a, when you're sending it in. Um, but at the moment, just send in stuff like send it in like it's a tweet, right? That's the way to do it right now. But like in the future, we're gonna have like filters and stuff on it, and we're just trying to see how people use it, and then we're building more. And 
realistically, in the future, this is going to be, I think, the only... This will be the main place I will ask people to send feedback, and it will be yes. the one that I will definitely check. Others will probably become less so over time because... Agree completely. I just want everything to go into one place. And like we're working on maybe, hopefully, at some point, being able to like pull in questions from Discord into this system, but we okay. have to see if that's possible. But what won't ever go into this system in my opinion, is tweets, Mastodon messages, that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's all too complicated and um, just changeable. And so, like, like you know, in the essence that Relay FM owns and operates its own publishing system, which is not a thing people do today, we are now also going to be owning and operating our own feedback mechanism. Like, you know, these days you, you just go with one of the many podcast providers and they just mm-hmm. create websites for you and go for it but no we make our own system which is very complicated time consuming and expensive but it makes sense for us as a business we like it that way exactly exactly and this and this all kind of ties into the broader picture of you know you want to own as much of your stuff as possible because things break out of your control and then Mm -hmm. you know you're 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 running behind now all of a sudden it's like hey let's let's build things that are in our control and, and use them so it's great yeah, penaddictfeedback.com. That is just like a, a domain forward that takes you to the part on the Relay FM website. It's also like you go to relay.fm slash penaddict. There's a button that says submit feedback. You can just tap that yep. or just use the link in the show notes. Uh, and so, yeah, if you have follow-up, if you have questions for us, send them in that way. We're both looking at it, and that's probably going to be the best way going mm-hmm. forward. And uh, it's a tool that we'll, we'll make better uh, over time. Yeah, and um, I know we'll we'll wrap it up here, but I think we can go ahead and scratch this one as TPA off off the ledger, Mike, via via Fibber. If Twitter shuts down or lots of people leave, where would the text based panatic community go? Well, what do you I think, think about we, uh, that? I think we just uh, cleared our answers. Well, um, no, because when I when I put this in uh, the document or when I saw this in the document, I was thinking yeah. more specifically uh, the stuff that you are probably still using Twitter for, which is like mm-hmm. sharing press releases and like, you know, finding right. that like where is what's gonna happen to that, do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know yet. So I follow some follow some larger communities. Say like um like one of the things that has not transferred off of Twitter is sports, right? Because it is very live information based right so the people who have run different like sports accounts need those live interactions and to like move a community from from twitter to a different service is doesn't seem to be in their best interest right now which sucks for me following this i'm like oh, if i want to see something i have to go back over to the twitter and and look at this whatever so i don't know where like all of the follow all the people I follow who are like in the Japanese stationary industry, where are they going to go? Like they don't, I don't find that stuff on Mastodon or, or anything like that. So yeah, I, I don't know that I have a complete answer. I, I don't think it's going to necessarily stop on Twitter. I'm hoping like, I mean, obviously my, my pipe dream is that we just have a bottoming out here over the next year and then, then some new ownership comes in, you know, a year or two for now. So I'm, I'm not in a rush mm-hmm. to proclaim anything, right? I'm just, I'm doing what I, uh, what I feel is best for me for now mm-hmm. and just kind of slow playing that and seeing what happens. Um, but I'll still get a lot of that information. I can get a lot of that information off Instagram, which admittedly has problems of its own, right? But like that's a really good community for something, someone like me who is looking for information on stationery. So I can I can figure out the non-Twitter areas, but like um, you know, Instagram is useful in you know just listening to podcasts and you know we're going to talk about podcasts next week that's a topic i have for next week we got some new podcasts in the space mike oh, nice that uh, that we need to note um so that'll be coming up next week i'm sure i'll get some questions about that um so yeah like do i have a direct answer for for fibber um no but i think we'll start seeing some migration hopefully over to like mastodon services and different things like that well and, my you know, assumption would be discord servers like yeah discord like that, like you know large discord servers focused around certain topics will pop up and then yeah you there's will a be lot of stationary based use, discords yeah like the, co- the like the um cooperation and like of different people who can correlate 
information from different places and bring them in right so like I, if five percent of that discord is still on twitter they'll find out what's on twitter and then right that are in scan and they just bring it into the discord yeah reddit's a good place for that right reddit. fountain pen reddit for example mm-hmm. like i get a lot of like news links off of fountain pen reddit because they found the link somewhere you know and it could be random so let me make let's uh let's end it on this and on a request you can go to pinaticfeedback.com yep. let me know what discord servers you use for stationary let me awesome. know what your favorite reddit subreddit subreddits are for stationary things like that and we'll we'll share a grouping of them because i don't i'm not in many stationary discords you know we have obviously have the pinatic slack um you know as well so like what other resources are you using to communicate about stationary outside of twitter and uh, hit us at pinaticfeedback.com and we'll we'll share some of those next week for all of us, for for myself included. All right. So if you want to find Brad online, <laughs> go to penaddict.com, go to penaddict.omg.lol and you'll find all of Brad's stuff. Find Brad at twitch.tv slash penaddict three times a week. Go to spokedesign.com. If you want to find me online, go to mikeheldy.net. Uh, I recommend going to cortexmerch.com because if you're interested in the Mark 1s, we have the Cortex Mark 1s in stock right now. Um, obviously, it's also journal time. And hey, pen addict listeners, just keep your eye on that store over the next couple of weeks. That's all I'm going to say. All yeah. Right? yeah. Something's, something's coming. All right. You just keep your eye on it. <laughs> And buy all of them, <laughs> please. I might even ha- I might even have to place an order. Oh, now that's fine. I, I mean, I can send you some if you want. But yes, well, uh, then, yeah. there's a thing we've been working on it for two years. We're I th- probably going to be soft launching it in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thank you so much to Squarespace and Penchalet <laughs> for the support of this episode, and we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>